Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is delighted to sponsor this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premiere. Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance and significant to dance teachers this time of year. Body Wrappers performance wear remix for competition and recitals consists of various components one can mix and match to create a unique costume you won't see anywhere else. You may view all the products at bodywrappers.com or to purchase Body Wrappers performance wear remix items, go to your favorite local dance retailer shop or online store. To view and buy the entire collection of Tyler Peck designs, go to dancewearcorner.com. This episode is sponsored by the Veil Dance Festival. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are diving into our vault from our time at the Veil Dance Festival this past summer, where we spoke with many of the festival's amazing and talented artists. Today we talk with the New York City Ballet principal dancer Lauren Lovett, who was not only dancing at the festival, but also choreographed a new piece. Lauren began dancing at the age of 11 at the Cary Ballet Conservatory in Cary, North Carolina. She attended summer courses at the School of American Ballet during the summers of 2004 and 2005 and became a year-round student in 2006. After joining New York City Ballet as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2010, she became a principal dancer in 2015. We talk with Lauren about her start in ballet, how she became interested in choreography, how becoming a vegan has changed her dancing, and about her new ballet that premiered a few nights after we recorded this episode. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's our <laughs> pleasure to have you on. Cool. Um, Especially running from rehearsal to here to rehearsal. <laughs> I'm like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> Not only yeah. uh, as a dancer, but as a choreographer. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time you your work has been done at the festival? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get into all of that okay. later on. But um, we usually like to just, you know, start at the beginning. So we'll... Uh, um, 
We want to know what initially attracted you to the School of American Ballet and in turn the New York City Ballet. That's a good question. Nobody ever asks. Really? (laughs) Yeah, they always ask where I went to school, but they never ask why. There was this amazing dancer at my local studio um, in North Carolina. And she, in my eyes, she was perfect. Her hair was perfect. Her body was perfect. She had these perfect feet. And her technique was so clean. And she went to SAB every summer, I guess. And I didn't even know what SAB was, School of American Ballet. What was that? I didn't know. And I just wanted to be like Sally. I wanted to be like Sally Turkel. (laughs) And um, so I auditioned when I was 12 and I didn't get in. And then the next year I got a full scholarship. So dreams come true. Well, that's actually, I love that. You're like our third, at least the third principal dancer with New York York City Ballet Mm. that... um, didn't, didn't get, get it in. the first time. Yeah. So I, that's important. I was Bambi. I was really weak. <laughs> and I've always been nervous under pressure. So auditions were not my <laughs> strength <laughs> per se. Um, but yeah, I, I so that was the initial attraction. And then once I got to SAB, I thought, SAB was a school to get into ABT. <laughs> Common mis- misperception. Yeah. 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 And all I knew, I mean, I didn't see any New York City Ballet when I was younger. I just had library videos and that was all always ABT. ABT. Same. So I wanted to be like Julie Kent. So I went to SAB. <laughs> <laughs> she did go to SAB. And yeah, so, so I was like, well, like this, this works. <laughs> um, and then I really started falling in love with New York City Ballet from Wendy Whalen. I was like, that's... That's artistry. And that's a ballerina I want to be like as a person. She was just so nice and humble and down to earth and was dancing for all the right reasons. And yeah, I just watched New York City Ballet every night. We got free tickets. And eventually the that dream came true too. <laughs> uh, all my dreams came true. I think that's so important because everyone that dances with New York City Ballet and and I know Michael too has always said when you attend the School of American Ballet the opportunity to go and see New York City Ballet so often is just so important for your I feel like they should mandate it I mean I went every night of my own volition Mm -hmm. because it was there and it was incredible but God it really shaped so much of my career right I mean and you don't get an opportunity like that just anywhere Mm -hmm. um I think it's such a valuable thing if you're not selling tickets and you have extra ones, give them out to kids, to students, yeah. have them learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I started falling in love with Balanchine and Robbins and all the different rep. Wielden. I love Chris Wielden's choreography. I wanted to do Carousel. That was like my dream to be a girl in the yellow dress. <laughs> he was one of the first people to sort of yeah. pick you out, right? And I think it's um, interesting that what I feel like you were immediately noticed for was your lyricism, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a quality that one immediately associates with New York City Ballet. So what was that like having something that uh, distinguished you in a way that was different? And uh, were there some sort of advantages and disadvantages to that? Yeah. I just like to move slow. (laughs) (laughs) I was not a turner at all. Um, I, I used to call them tricks, like turns and jumps were tricks. <laughs> it wasn't technique, the it was tricks. The second half of class is yeah, trick. Yeah, like all, all of center. <laughs> um, I love tondus and I love adagio, but everything else was just really challenging for me. Um, and I don't know how Chris saw me. I don't, I really don't know, but he gave me that solo in Polyphonia and it's 
it does take a different kind of strength to move slow. And that's, I think that's what I'm more geared toward with my body. Um, so I, I just got really lucky that somebody saw that in me and then gave me that chance. Cause I feel like a lot of dancers have gifts that never even get realized. Um, so maybe if they're short, they're like, Oh, you're short and you can't jump. So you're worthless to me (laughs) or, Oh, you're tall and you're not flexible. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, and those stereotypes can, can run that way. And I did get a lot of, um, jumping roles Mm -hmm. up front and it was hard. I, I struggled with that and it it always makes you stronger to do things that are uncomfortable, but, um, yeah. So yeah, Wielden was the first one to recognize that. So how did you, um, I feel like sometimes it's hard for some dancers to acknowledge that there's things they really need to work on. So what was it that made you realize that not only did you need to work on it, but that you wanted to, and that you knew that you could make it better? Um, I love to work. I love that part of dancing like mm-hmm. class and rehearsal are my favorite times of dancing um i always struggled in the show actually really so the work was never really an issue i that was kind of what drew me to ballet in the first place it was more of the stage yeah um and it's cool when it's addictive like once you do something that you couldn't do before you want to keep doing it's a great feeling new things that right. you didn't do before so i um yeah, I just get addicted to that feeling. Keep working and striving. And then like when you do, when you repeat roles, that's when you feel it the most. Mm-hmm. Like Tarantella is something that I did in Chautauqua for the first time. And then my first time in Vail was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> did like a half turn out of my foot day. And yeah, it was just really, really difficult. And then I did it two years later. It was still hard. And then this time it felt like, oh, okay, well, this isn't so bad. I'm actually enjoying myself. I must be getting stronger. Right. Um, and that's just a great feeling. So are you saying that you kind of battled some stage fright or you just yes. felt inconsistent or? No, stage, stage fright. fright. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Um, so how was that? Um, how did you work to overcome that? I'm still doing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like in general, I'm, more of an anxious, fearful person. I don't have that personality that's like, let me at it. <laughs> oh, that that's never been done. Let me try. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm cool here in the back, and I'll just like be on the side watching. And um, it's good that I've had people pushing me all the time past my comfort zone, and I it feels so good when I get brave. Um, last night felt so good. The show felt so good because I felt the wall happen and I felt myself be really nervous and I just did it anyways. And I don't even care what it looked like because I did it. It's like jumping over a mountain or something. Um, so yeah, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. I think it's hereditary in my family. (laughs) I think I get it from my mom. Um, and it's just... Yeah, I went to therapy for a year when I first started dancing because I would just blank out on stage often, like all the time. Yeah. And I'm short, so I'm always in the front. And if you blank out in the front, <laughs> there's no one to watch. <laughs> and um, then my teachers and ballet masters thought it was a focus problem. And no, like I care very much, mm-hmm. almost too much. And as soon as people are watching, I'd get really frozen. Same with cameras. So like photo shoots freak me out podcasts podcasts (laughs) i'm much better now than i was but i would force myself to do things that freaked me out 
and sign up for choreography was one of them. Um, that that was something they offered in school was a chance to choreograph. And I they put a list up, you put your name down. I just got myself into the habit via a self-help book um, <laughs> to always put my name on the list, no matter how scary it was. And so I, I put my name on the choreography list thinking, oh, probably won't get picked. But then I did. And I guess that's part of growing up. Or and something, I don't know. Perfect transition for us. Yeah, we were just going to talk about your we choreography. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So you just kind of signed up uh, on a lark. You didn't, yeah. you, you weren't feeling necessarily inspired to do it. But then where did you go from there? Um, I, yeah, I signed up because I signed up for everything. And then when my name got picked, I had that mild freak out moment that's like, oh no, <laughs> I really did um, agree to this. <laughs> so you you pick your people and then everybody gets into a room and they decide and you trade. You go, oh, I need this person and I'll give you that for this and whatever. And I didn't get anybody that I wanted because I'm not very outspoken. <laughs> so I sat there, I let all my dancers go by and all of my plan B went by and plan C went by and I thought, oh, well, okay, I'll just not do this anymore <laughs> i'll just back myself out of this whole thing and Kay mazo said no you're gonna do it you signed up you've got to do it here are the people that are left there were five names and i had to, like this crazy mixed bag of people and it was so much fun it took all the pressure off for me i thought well okay i didn't have the perfect scenario and what i wanted but now i get to make something out of what i have mm-hmm. which is I think always the better thing. Um, Sometimes when you get everything that you want, you put a lot of pressure on yourself creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we just had a blast in the studio. I love being in the studio. I love being in control of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like you get to set the tone. Yeah. And if you want it to be a positive place, you get to do that. And I love showcasing what's what I think is cool about people that maybe mm-hmm. people haven't seen. Um, my first piece there was a really talented male dancer who loved to do classical ballet. He loved coupe jetés and all this stuff, and he could do it. And at SAB, didn't get the chance to really show mm-hmm. that. I think all my dancers got into city ballet. No, all but one. That's great. Um, and that happened in the summer, too, when I choreographed there, too. And... Yeah, it's less about making this masterpiece of art and more about I just want people to be seen. Yeah. So. Had you had any kind of choreographic thoughts up to that point? Like Mm. really, if, you know, watching rehearsal, watching maybe choreographer work, thinking like, oh, maybe I would do that or yeah. Sometimes. um, Sometimes I'd think that. I love being in a studio even being the clay, I love being the dancer, trying to figure out what's in the choreographer's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that stuff excites me anyway. But I like to be genuinely in the process. Wherever I fit in that piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle, I like to be there. So if I'm a dancer, I'm not trying to be the choreographer. Like I'm trying to do exactly what they want me to right. do and be there. Um, but I used to choreograph on my little brother and sister <laughs> as a child. So it must have been in me at a young age. Yeah. It was there. And I'm, I've always, I always make up dances in my head to yeah. music. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's cool. <laughs> so uh, your choreographic talents did kind of have to take a back seat to uh, your dance career initially. Uh, do you think that's something that happens to a lot of young dancers who might have talent in the choreographic arena? 
Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it takes a lot to be a dancer professionally, um, especially when you're in a competitive atmosphere, like the School of American Ballet into the New York City Ballet. And especially if you're a girl and there are a hundred other ones mm-hmm. that can, that are literally just as good as you are. Um, it just takes a lot. So I, I think I did my last piece in 2009 and got into the company. I was an apprentice mm-hmm. when I choreographed then on SAB Summer Kids. And then in 2010, I was in the core and thought, I want to be a ballerina. Mm-hmm. I I really do. I can only do that so long. And that's what I've been shooting for this whole time. I don't want to get distracted. Right. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't yeah. make anything. I didn't even touch the idea. I put it in my bucket list as yeah. something that will happen way in the future. <laughs> um. And then my boss, I had I had an injury. I had surgery on my foot. Mm-hmm. And then... Same. Yep, I feel Surgery. You. <laughs> dancer's life. Um, I did... I went out. I was in a boot for a couple of weeks. And then my boss gave me my promotion to principal, which was already sort of a weird um, mental shift. Because right. when you're injured for the first time, it's really scary. Yeah. You go, I don't know if I'm going to come back as strong. I can't trust my foot anymore. Um, how long will this take? And for somebody that has anxiety on stage, will I be able to come back on stage mm-hmm. and be comfortable? And I was dreading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to come back with a title and people go, oh, principal now. Let's mm-hmm. see what you got. So I was struggling with a lot of um, mental stuff, coming back as a principal and coming back from an injury um, for Nutcracker. And I had a lot of personal things happen in my life, too. I went through a really hard breakup and like (laughs) the world just shifted upside down (laughs) all in a few months. And then my boss came to me and at a party and it was the perfect timing. I was just at this point where I needed something else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just I was having a horrible night. I had to run in my tights. (laughs) I was wearing $10 shoes at the really fancy place and I did not feel like I belonged. And um, yeah, my boss came up and said, what do you think? New Love It 2016. <laughs> I was like, okay. yeah, <laughs> I was shocked. That's great. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and it is, it was still a lot of pressure because it was still dealing with the whole being a principal, fixing my foot. Mm-hmm. None of that then stuff another, went away. Right. <laughs> um. But it gave you a different focus. It gave me a different outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was a little paralyzing. I didn't, I felt like I couldn't even really start for a long time. I put it off. Yeah. Thinking, oh yeah, that's going to happen when it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I really wanted to do something different. I wanted to use classical music, did it. And I loved the process. I think it was a success. I liked it more the second time than the first time. Yeah. I'm sure the first night was terrifying. First night right? was terrifying. It was a blur. Um, and I changed a lot too. We don't get much time to make things at City right. Ballet. It's so fast. So I think I finished my ballet t- like a day or two before the premiere right. on stage. It was in our complete. I finished it in the complete. Whoa. Oh, um, my goodness. So I wasn't a- able to really tweak it the way I wanted to mm-hmm. until later. Yeah. So it made the ballet made more sense mm-hmm. the second there. time yeah. it went. So you've secured multiple commissions from New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like to have to sort of hone your craft in front of like what's 
a pretty intimidating audience, you know. It's so scary. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, you can't think about it. I, I try not to think about it. You have to know your audience to some degree. You have to know what you're giving them. You can't, if you have a, a group of people that love super classical music and you throw like what I'm doing here in Vail on a stage like that, mm-hmm. chances are people probably, they'll walk away and go, well, it wasn't my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I want, I mean, we're in the show business. We're in entertainment. Yeah. So I want people to buy a ticket and have a good time. I don't want them to buy a ticket and be like, oh, I'm disappointed. Right. So you have to follow your own vision and your own heart and do the things that you want to do, but you still have to know your audience. Right. So I had been hearing for a long time that people missed classical music, mm-hmm. like really good classical music, and that all the new ballets were very um, minimal and, um, and dark. Like a, a lot of my friends that support the ballet for years and have supported for years since Balanchine's day were saying, we can't see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just took a lot of the information along the way that I learned and said, okay, well, I'll do something for these people and make some more interesting because you can make anything. It's a blank canvas. You can literally do anything, yeah. any music, lights, costumes, right. dancers, where's the, where are the boundaries? Mm-hmm. So you have to put them there for yourself. Yeah. And um, here in Vail was cool because Damien said he wanted me to do something I couldn't do anywhere else or felt I couldn't do anywhere else. Right. And I threw a couple of ideas at him and he was like, it's not that brave. It's, yeah, it's fine. And then I just, I wa- really wanted to use spoken word. I wanted to use poetry. And he said, yes, I've been waiting for somebody to do that. And I said, <laughs> great, I can't wait. Um, yeah, that's so. great. I That's something that we're hearing a lot is that um, Damien really wants to get everyone to push their boundaries yes. and try something new. And, and it's obvious that the audience here loves it. Yeah. Like they are all about anything you throw at them, really. Right. I mean, last night it was like every single thing that happened. <laughs> every style of dance. They loved everything equally. <laughs> it was amazing to yeah. me. It was great. We would there was hip hop and then yeah. flamenco the next minute and then <laughs> Don Q the next. They're on their feet each time. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah, it's really great. Well, we definitely want to talk about Vail a little more. Um, But I did want to also talk about um, what your greatest influences are in your choreography. Doesn't have to be a choreographer, but just art-wise. Yeah. um, I don't know. It's a really good question. It's everywhere all the time, depending on where I am Mm -hmm. and what I'm going through. So, like, my idea for using a spoken word piece came from some like really difficult personal things that I was going through mm-hmm. where I, I, I needed lyrics. I needed words. I needed something written down. That's where my heart was mm-hmm. at the time. So that's where the choreography went. And then my foot was kind of bothering me and I just really needed to move, learn how to move my body in a Different. less of a classical way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing, like flat shoes and more contemporary style. Um, so it really just depends on whatever I'm going through in my life, I think. Um, and then I, I have my favorite choreographers I look up to, of course. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting. You were saying, you know, your foot was bothering you. So you decided to explore work on flat shoes. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, um, your traits as a dancer influence your choreography a lot? Um, definitely. I think you can't really get past that. Um, I try not to be locked in, in that way, but you do have setbacks um, 
in yourself and that that just makes its way into the choreography eventually usually but I'm learning a lot so I'm learning about partnering Mm -hmm. it's so different to be on the other side it's a thrill (laughs) it's wonderful when it works like when you're in charge of somebody's um, performance Mm -hmm. and making them look good that act of service is very addictive that feeling is very powerful um it's also really difficult and it's a it's a learned thing that at least as a woman we never are on the other side as a ballerina woman right Right. contemporary they do it all the time switch places you pick me up i pick you up (laughs) in ballet it's like no you pick me up and that's it like (laughs) and i'll be all so um i have all women in some of the works that i do and that's teaching me how to partner yeah because a piece can be very flat if nobody ever touches anybody else. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it's, I try not to limit, like I don't love to jump mm-hmm. usually because I had so much foot problem, like sure. so much foot pain. Yeah. Um, but if somebody's gift is to jump, you should put jumps in. Right. So I try to put myself into somebody else's shoes. It doesn't always work. So what are your goals for yourself um, for your choreography in the future? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I want to keep making things as they're appropriate to to be made. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need a bunch of commissions if I'm not feeling inspired to do them. Um, I really want to dance still. That I wasn't sure of. When when you're in pain, it's hard. When you're in pain as a dancer... You just want to give up. Like you just feel like I gotta do. Yeah, I gotta do Plan B. Like that's just it. It's something we've talked a lot about on our. It feels impossible. It Mm -hmm. feels like, I mean, I was I wasn't even taking the second half of class. Usually, I do bar and a couple of combos in the center, and that was it. And center and yeah, a year and a half. And you you look at it, you watch it, and it's for me. It's my job. I get paid to do it, and I would sit there in class watching dancers do. Grand Allegro and go that's that. crazy yeah. how are they <laughs> are doing, doing that, that? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, exactly that yeah. seems impossible yeah because you're in pain yeah so I think I've been battling this year it's been sort of weird because I'm here's the promotion but I've been sort of in and out of injuries since and I don't feel my best on stage and then here's this choreography gift you know here, that's an, another path that I could pursue do I just give up dance and just choreograph is that the end of dance that feels soon right. only 25 it doesn't feel right but my body is you know not always there for me right so um do you feel like it helps you a little bit knowing that you have something else i think for so many dancers what yes. not having anything it's like such a fear of the end for that it reason is. but if there's something to look forward to yeah you know it is and then um i don't know you have to be re-inspired yeah. It's really hard. Inspiration is not something to be taken lightly. And I needed, well, for me, Vail is a huge inspiration for me. Like mm-hmm. I always remember why I dance when I come here. Um, but it's, it can be anything. You can go to a show or it can even be an aha moment within yourself. And for me, the pain of my foot went away. And that's, an aha moment. It's an sure. aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a pain for a year and a half mm-hmm. and you can go to PT every day mm-hmm. and ice it all the time. And you're taking care of it. It's just like this whole thing. And then one day it doesn't hurt anymore and you go, what? <laughs> oh my goodness, I have 10 more years in my career and I can do anything. Um, so 
yeah, it's hard not to get locked down when you're in an injury. Yeah, absolutely. So there's recently been an increased dialogue about the lack of female choreographers in the dance world and um, the effort that's been, you know, out there to change it. So why do you feel like this is so important? (laughs) Why do I feel like this is important? Um, It is important that women choreograph, I think. I also hate the idea of a handicap, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like, um, how can I put that? I don't. I don't want to get commissions to choreograph works just because I'm a woman. Mm. I want it to be because it's good. Because you have a voice. Yes, because yeah. I have something to say because people like what I do. Mm. Um, so the conversation is important, yes. There has been a huge, um, I don't know, chasm of mm-hmm. time where women just haven't been making things. It is really hard to be a woman in dance so it takes up a lot of time and I don't really know why maybe you don't do things when other people aren't doing it if you don't have a lot of examples of people especially women choreographing then it's hard to do that I definitely I'm glad the conversation is happening but I don't want the conversation to be happening so much that I get a pass like an easy free pass like oh she's a girl so she did good for a girl or oh yeah we're inviting her in because we have a a night of all women and we just need a woman so anybody can do it insert here (laughs) yeah yeah well I think that obviously with Damien what he's done is invite people whose voices he admires and people that are completely distinct and individual like Mm -hmm. you are not Claudia Schreier, who is not yeah. Michelle Dorrance, exactly. and Pam, who is so brilliant. I love yeah, her work. I love her work, too. Um, we so, are all very different. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that diversity is what makes the programming interesting, not just yeah. the fact that it's all female points of view. Yeah. Um, but what, what women in the dance world do you admire as people that are breaking the mold mm. right now? Well, everybody that you just mentioned... Um, I don't know. It's I'm seeing a lot of younger dancers, a lot of friends get into choreography, and I think that's really thrilling. My best friend is doing a lot of film stuff. Um, she's making things. She's choreographing and then taking it to locations and filming it outside. And she just did all of the advertising for SPAC mm-hmm. um, oh, on the oh, company. Oh, I saw those videos. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Oh, right. um, oh, so cool. So I have like I have a lot of personal inspiration around. Like it's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite choreographer of all time is Crystal Pite. So I like, I like contemporary work to watch usually. Um, I'd like to see a really out there classical, um, female choreographer. That would be really cool. Um, I love Ratmansky's stuff. Oh yeah. So I think it's possible. I just think it's a matter of people doing it and trying it. Nobody's good at anything off the bat it takes effort and time and if you're putting all of your time into point shoe sewing and stretching <laughs> and yeah. you know trying to get those 32 fuetes which are hard snow and flowers um, and snow and flowers <laughs> and you're in every ballet and you have triple bills every night like there's not a whole lot of time to think about oh what am i going to create now right. um so time is really a luxury especially for a ballerina I think I got lucky with injury because it's, oh, I could start thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more women will get into it as they see other women doing it. 
it'll look more possible and then they'll start practicing yeah. and then you'll get some geniuses yeah. <laughs> coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> so great. Um, so we just want to go back and talk a little bit about your veil experiences over the years. How many times have you come here now? Can you count I think six. Six? <laughs> uh, I missed a year because of my surgery, uh-huh. but I've been coming since 2011, I think. Okay. Yeah. So you were, before we started recording, you were telling us that you feel stronger than ever. Yeah. And we want to hear about that. Tell us a little bit why. I'm vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's crazy um, because I have always been a big meat eater, meat and cheese and bread. Um, I've, if you don't, you're only hearing my voice, but I'm really bony. I'm a skinny person. <laughs> um, my whole family's like that. We eat a ton. We just have fast metabolisms just in our genes. Um, so I never really thought about nutrition as being important. Um, I thought of it as being, oh, well, if you're skinny, then you're healthy. Mm-hmm. And I started running into some health trouble the older I got and really started thinking about food. I've had, I've always had a hard time with stamina too. It's, I'll be great in a piece if I can stop twice. <laughs> I'm like, how come I can't do it when I'm tired? And it's, why do I get tired so fast? I get on a bike or a treadmill at the gym and I would feel nauseous mm. afterwards, like I was going to throw up. Um, so I think that kept me from pushing beyond because I was so afraid of getting sick all the time. I was like, uh, I don't want to push. Um, veil is everything heightened. It's so hard to dance here. It's hard to even walk around here. It's just a different animal. The altitude. The altitude is really, really tough. And I've seen a lot of dancers succumb to that. Um, so it's scary. And this year, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, but I went vegan about seven months ago, eight months ago. And I've noticed a huge, huge difference. Wow. And coming because this is my sixth year and it's night and day. I'm doing more dancing than I've ever done. Mm-hmm. On average, I've had about an hour off a day only. Oh and you're spending it with us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Um, so, I mean, we start class 945 and then I've had rehearsals until 1030, 11 o'clock at night. Oh and that's crazy for anyone. <laughs> and I'm fine. I haven't used oxygen which That's is a good absurd. thing that people might not realize that backstage you guys have oxygen. We tanks, have oxygen right? tanks usually, and um, yeah, I, it's I recover faster. I still get tired. I'm still human, mm-hmm. but I catch my breath faster. Um, I just did Tarantella. That's something that I've done over and over again in Vale, and it's always been I get sick after every rehearsal and every show without fail. I'd be in the bathroom, over the toilet, thinking I'm not strong enough yet. Um, I hate this ballet. <laughs> I'm never going to enjoy this. This is horrible. Why do I dance? <laughs> and this year I've been fine. That's almost a breeze. And it's it's not like I was in crazy training before coming here. Um, I was nursing a, an ankle injury for a couple months. So I wasn't in my best prime shape. Mm-hmm. And I still feel really great. So I have noticed the diet is making a huge difference. That's so interesting. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. So obviously not only are you making strides as a dancer Mm -hmm. here, but this is your first time uh, where your work as a choreographer will be Mm -hmm. presented. So that's going to be be making its premiere uh, this Monday at the now premieres evening, highlighting female choreographers. Um, What does that mean to be a part of that night? And uh, what has the process been like for you? 
It's so exciting. I'm so, I can't believe I get to choreograph here. It's the most inspiring place to dance. I love coming here every summer. I learn so much as an artist. I learn so much. Um, in the mountains and everything, it's one of the most inspiring environments to be in. And the fact that I get to make something here, I mean, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. And it's outside. It's that... It's that backdrop. It's the breeze that comes in. It changes everything. You see wind going through people's hair. And I mean, it's just a totally different mood. And yeah, I'm, I'm doing this piece that I'm so passionate about. I have a spoken word artist from Boulder coming in to perform live. And Andrea Gibson is their name. And I'm just like, I don't know, going for it. That's great. I'm, it's it's a passion project. I'm going for a passion project. I don't know if it'll read. I'm dancing in it, so I can't <laughs> really oh, <wow>. see <laughs> what's happening that well. It's been a challenge. Yeah. Um, I have like, my little iPad set up a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does this look like? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm using all women, four women, and this amazing poet. And, a, and Brooklyn writer Johnny Gandelsman is playing violin. Um, Caroline Shaw is composing. Vale feels like a good place to make a bold choice like that. I just feel like Vale is a place to make bold choices. <laughs> I feel like I'm always tested when I come here mm-hmm. as a dancer. I'm always tested. They Heather and Damien have a way of looking at somebody and going, hmm, how can you grow this summer? What can I give you that you can't do at home? Um, where I can give you another feather in your cap, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And... I've done Giselle here. That's classical. We don't do that at New York City Ballet. So I've been able to grow in in other ways as a ballerina. And yeah, it only makes sense that I would do something braver as a choreographer here too. Mm-hmm. So that's artistic director of the festival, Damien Wetzel, yes. and his wife, Heather Watts. And mm-hmm. it's so great to see them. You can tell that they just adore this. We were sit- we were standing behind them last night at the show and they were <laughs> riveted and they were moving their heads. It's like you could oh. tell they were just so proud of everyone and the work they were doing and that they really enjoyed coaching them. Yeah. Um, you answered our last question. We were going to ask you why you feel dance festivals like Vail are so important, but yeah. you answered that yeah. already. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> it's just important. Well, we're so happy to be here with you, and we really appreciate you taking the time cool. and married for Monday, and we hope that everyone Can't comes out. See it. Thank we're you. So excited. <laughs> yeah. You can come to my rehearsal if you want. It's <laughs> happening in like, you know. 45 minutes. <laughs> Maybe we'll stop by. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to come tomorrow, I think. Great. There's going to be a whole thing because we want to preview before. Yes. You know, since we're here, we have all these perks. Like, we're not dancing, so we can just, like, be around. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you are new to our podcast, we invite you to check out some of our other interviews with the ballet world's best and brightest. If you like the pod, or even if you don't, we would truly appreciate it if you could take a second to review us on iTunes and let us know what you think. Thank you again for listening and supporting Conversations on Dance. We will see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.